and we get that that opens the that that opens great uh, conversation, uh, great doors to teach these little ones what we're doing, and so um, I, you know what it's funny it's a little sometimes it's like okay all right dude what are you doing but you know what it's uh, it's good but anyway if you want to give towards that and if you want to um, somebody showed me a picture already today of what they're thinking about doing with their vehicle, but if you want to do that, it's going to be fun. It's a good way for us to get involved with the community. And I do want to say, um, if you go to the Lumberjack Festival, um, is it only Saturday? Just Saturday this year. I should know that, but, I, you know, I don't pay attention. Um, just Saturday, we're going to have a booth down there. Come by. Uh, we're going to be doing ornaments and little crafts. And if you want to help with that, just check with Pastor Monica or me or Brittany and um, – we would love to have, we need help doing that because it's going to be a bunch of kids with a bunch of glitter and all kinds of stuff. So you cannot have enough help. If you have a biohazard suit, you might bring that as well. Um, anyway, I want to share something with you this evening. Um, I want to talk about uh, false teachers. And if you look at the book of Titus, uh, if you want to turn there, and, and we're going to do something fun. I want to see who's a Bible scholar. The first person that finds the book of Titus, I want you to holler out, got it. Phones don't count. It's got to be an actual Bible. Can't be battery. Can't, you cannot punch in Titus. Titus is, is oh, there it is. You don't count. <laughs> Titus is like three pages long. And it is at the very, almost at the very back of the Bible. And it is, you're flipping through there, and it is hard to find. But it's in there. Well, Titus is a, is a letter. And um, it talks about uh, sound doctrine, teaching. It talks about false teachers a lot. And um, Paul wrote this letter to, to Titus, who is a leader. And a lot of this has got to do with leadership. But, and that's great. And we use this when we're teaching leaders. Uh, we, we want them to read Titus and understand this, but this has got a lot of good application for us, for everyone. And so tonight my title is Fact Check. Have you posted anything online and then realized that you had been fact checked independently? Anybody? You can, it, it's fun. You can kind of make a game out of it where you can post something and see if the fact checkers fact check you and get them all confused. But it's funny. Things get fact checked that are crazy. Um, and so tonight, I just want to have a little fun with that. And so my title is Fact Check. And if you want to look at Titus chapter 1, starting at verse 10, Paul writes, For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers, and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. Can I just say that doesn't sound like a party I want to go to? They must be silenced. Thank you, Paul. Since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. One of the Cretans, the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure. 
But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work. Paul is mad, y'all. The apostle Paul is upset. This is like one of them texts you get that's in all caps. I'm sure that when, when the leaders read this, they were like, yo, somebody has, somebody has messed up and Paul is coming. And uh, anyway, I'm sure you didn't want to make Paul mad. But anyway, so I want to talk about false teaching. And we, we face a lot of false advertising in our world, amen? And there, are, there are things that absolutely lie to you. Uh, people that set up stages that are fake, and, and it, it, they make it look like something's going on, but in reality, it's, it's totally fake. I remember I was shocked. I watched something that was talking about commercials. How many of you have ever gone to Burger King? Come on, somebody. That's an that's a okay place. We don't have one here, but whatever. You go to Burger King, and you see this picture of this amazing Whopper, and you're like, yes, I need that in my life. And so you go up to the counter, not anymore, now you go through the drive-through, but a long time ago, kids, you could go up into restaurants, and you go in there, and you're like, I just need that Whopper. Maybe you're on a diet, and you hit the Whopper Junior. And so you go in there, and you're just looking at that thing. You're kind of lusting after that thing. And, and they, here they bring it out in a bag. And you're like, man, this is royal. This came from the king himself. Mm, it's going to be so good. And so you get it, and you unbox the burger. And the burger looks like someone has sat on it with their entire butt. And you are thinking, what? What happened to my burger? They charged me full price. And this ain't the right thing. And so you go back up there and you say, look at this. Look at my burger. And they're like, what do you want me to do? You know? And so don't, I don't, I'm scared, y'all. I am so scared. Me and Claude had this conversation today. I am so scared to send my food back at a restaurant because I know somebody stuck that burger in their armpit. I know. Jared knows what I'm talking about. I know somebody took that burger patty out and just, mm-hmm. They said, mm-hmm. He gonna, yeah, okay, he going to post on Facebook. Let's see what happens. Pray over your food. Come on, somebody. Pray over your food. But so you, but it's false advertising, man. You get this beautiful burger in this picture, and then they bring you out this thing. And there are so many things. They target our young men. Let me get really real for a minute. They target our young men with super sexualized advertising. Women that are just over the top. And they fake out young boys that have no idea what reality is. They do the same thing to women. But they try to, they try to key in on something primal that's in your brain. And it's fake. President Trump said fake news, and that was, that was such a fun thing to always say. When somebody starts telling you something you don't want to hear, you be like, that's fake news, bro. <laughs> when they're like, dude, you need to drink more water, you're like, fake news, fake news. So anyway, fake news. But uh, So we want to talk about what's real. We want to talk about 
people that are speaking the truth, uh, how, how to see when someone's not, what to do if someone's not. And uh, have you ever had a teacher that was kind of rough? Uh, teachers, I don't know what they can do now, but when I was a kid, they could still paddle. And I remember, I was in the second grade. It was at Browning Elementary. And this teacher came out, and I had never seen this before. I was very sheltered. And this teacher came out, and some kids had been on the playground, and they decided that they were going to live uh, rebelliously. They didn't know that rebellion was next to witchcraft. And so they decided that even though recess was over, they said, you know what, it's free country, and so I'm just going to actually do recess all day. They said, that's, that's my truth, and I'm going to live it, okay? Don't judge me. And so the teacher did not see things that way. And so these, these boys, I was not one of them. I was scared. She went out there, and she had this thing in her hand. And I thought, what is that? It looked like she was about to row a boat. And she said, boys. And they looked, and they saw the thing in her hand. And you could tell that they immediately the Holy Spirit began to work on them, and they began to repent because they knew very soon that they would be standing face-to-face with Jesus. They knew that, that their time was, was near and that they better get their hearts right because it's about to get really real. And so they came. It's like, what do you do? You don't want to come, come to her because you know it's going to happen. But if you don't, it's going to get worse. And so they come to her, and you could, they, she took them in her class, and you could hear these sounds. Schwack! And it's like, oh, you know, it's so scary. Oh, it's horrible. And, uh, but you act right after that happens to you. You know what I'm saying? And so you hear that or see that. Y'all, there's teachers out there drilling holes in paddles, man, to make them more efficient. All right? And so, anyway, I always remember that. And, and, and I met, years and years later, I met one of her students. And I said, hey, man, I said, do you remember that teacher? And he said, yeah, she could show swing a board. And I said, Okay, we don't remember any merit. She was probably, she was a great lady, uh, you know, but we don't remember any merit. We just remember she could swing a board. And so, so we want to talk about teachers today. And Paul is writing to Titus, and he's, he's, he's calling out these false teachers. He's calling out people that are not, they're, they're not teaching the gospel. They're not teaching the word of God. And I want to just go ahead and say that there has been an epidemic in Western Christianity of this same stuff. There's been an epidemic of false teachers, teachers that are telling you things that you might want to hear so they can get you involved with their ministry. And a lot of times, let's be really real, it's because of money. It's because of money. And and so you get teachers that don't teach the full gospel. They don't teach that you've got to walk with Jesus. You can't just know his name. Come on, somebody. You've got to know his heart. And so they don't just teach, they don't teach you that you need to be a kingdom person that dwells there. You can't just be someone that say, I'm from the kingdom of God. No, sir, you have got to dwell there currently. And so we've got an epidemic of teachers that want to have a fun McDonald's play place version of Christianity, and that don't cut it. McDonald's play place is nasty anyway. You never want to go in the ball pit because your socks will get wet. And you think, I don't know what this is. Is this, I don't think this is water. So anyway, that's just, that was free. That's where germs are born. <laughs> anyway, um, so the first thing that, that Paul, 
Paul gives us here when he's talking about false teachers. Teachers that are not, they're not challenging you. They're not teaching you the words of Jesus. They're not teaching you the Bible. They're teaching you something that they come up with. The first thing is that their teaching is unscriptural. It is not biblical. You know, one thing, I always try to make sure that I have my Bible up here when I'm preaching. And I've preached without it. I've preached with a tablet. And, and I just, I don't know, guys, there's something about having my Bible here. There's just something to it. Listen, you, if you preach with a tablet, that's, that's okay. A lot of preachers preach with their tablet, and that's okay. But for me, I need this Bible here, man. I see, and, and one, one reason I like to preach with, we call it the Britney Spears headset. One reason I like to preach with that thing is because I can hold this Bible with two hands. But, man, I remember growing up, and pastor would get this Bible, man, and he would, well, it was this one, but he would get his Bible, and he'd walk around, man, and he's got this thing, and he's holding it. And you, there's just something to that. There's something to when you're preaching and you're holding the word like that, that you say, I really believe this. And I can tell you a really funny story about one time it came out of his hand, but that's for after church. So the first thing Paul says is their teaching is unscriptural. Um, Satan is a liar, but he hides his deceit as truth. Have you ever been fooled by anything? Have you ever been fooled? Satan is a liar. We know that, but he's really good at hiding something that is fake as something that's real. He's really good at disguising something. Come on. And when you get desperate, y'all hear me on this. When you get desperate and you begin to search, things that you don't need will start to look really good. When you get really desperate and you get really hurting, come on, red flags will start to look like six flags. Come on. And so you get stuck on things. And Satan knows that. He sees that you're struggling. And he doesn't know your mind. And he doesn't know your heart. But he's watching. And there, we talked about this this morning. That demonic forces watch. And they know you're struggling. And so if, I, if we can send something his way to trick them. A demon in 1 in Kings actually said, I will entice King Ahab to make a bad decision. And so the second thing, teaching is unscriptural. Uh, Satan uses charming, intelligent people. They climb ranks and become powerful. They win friends and influence people. They, and you wonder, how did this person get up here? This person's not, they're not following the heart of God. But Lucifer uses these kind of people. Titus explains how to spot them. Paul called them rebellious men, empty talkers and deceivers. Let's look at this for just a minute. Rebellious men, unaccountable. You never, and this is something that I try to be really careful as a pastor. I always want to be accountable to somebody. Whether it's with finances, whether it's with time, whether it's with placement. I always want to be accountable. Pastor Jason called me one time. He said, hey, Pastor. It was like 1130 at night. And I was like, yeah, was, hey, Jason. <laughs> He's like, hey, Pastor, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, okay. And he says, hey, man, I went to the casino. And I was like, did you win? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> what are you calling me for? And he says, hey, I just want to let you know I went to the casino 
But it was because I was, I was a, it, this is when he was a police officer. He said, I went to the casino, but I had to because it was a security issue. I was doing my job. And I'm like, okay, thanks for calling. And I hung up on him and went back to sleep. And so he was, but he was trying to be accountable. And that's great. Come on, that's good. You want to be accountable. Um, I think that some people take that a little too far. You know, you'll see a guy, and if you know he's got like a coworker that's a female, and she's like, "Hey, I need to help you on this project." And he's like, "Ah, I don't know if we're going to go that far with it." But you need to be accountable, and you need to be responsible. And so, the first thing we we look at when you see someone and you wonder about this person, and maybe the Holy Spirit's working in your heart, and you're getting a little bit of discernment: Are they accountable? Are they accountable to anyone? The second thing, um, empty talkers. Now, Paul used a compound word here to describe that, um, and it means vain, empty, futile, vanity, just saying things that don't really have any real meat to them, saying things that don't really have any real weight. And that's one thing that, that we say at Community Church North Webster. We say we're going to love you forward. We say, number one, love big. We say, number two, love always. And number three, love forward. And what does that third love mean? That means we're going to challenge you. And let me tell you something. Your pastor needs to challenge you. Your pastor needs to challenge you. If you've ever been in a church or any kind of movement and the pastor didn't challenge you, the speaker didn't challenge you, then you didn't have, you didn't have a great pastor. Can I be real? And so I want to challenge. I love you so much, but I want to challenge you. I want to see you grow. And I love what Pastor Christopher Miller said it today. Uh, he said, uh, if, you're, if you want your pastor as a covering, but you don't, ex- that you don't, ex- uh, but you don't accept uh, confrontation, then you don't want a covering, you want to cover up. And that's not, that's not okay. We want our pastors to, to challenge us on things, to give us words. Because let me tell you something, if you read this word and you get in this word and it doesn't challenge you, read it again. The third thing Paul says is deceivers. Now, Paul does something that a lot of guys do. He makes up a word. Have you ever made up a word? I, I used to know a guy, his name was Jimbo, and he had this special word he made up, and it was called Jimbonics, because sometimes he would just make up words, y'all. And he, he called it Jimbonics. If you know, you know. Some of y'all nodding your heads. But it was called Jimbonics. My brother-in-law, when he gets frustrated, he speaks, I know, it's a different language. I don't know what it is, but he just, I don't know if it's something he made up on his free time or it's something that just comes forward. But <laughs> listen, so he used two words, apatai, which means deceiver, and frain, which means heart of mind. And so this word becomes mind deceiver. Think about that. Have you ever seen someone that was a teacher, a preacher? a prophet, a bishop, maybe they had a title like that, and they brought people in to deceive their hearts. That's spooky, thinking about. And it's things that we've seen 
It's things that we've, we've watched. And you think about these, these mega pastors that come in and, and they, they, they've got all this money and they, they want to they wanna say words to people and they deceive people's hearts. I'm fascinated by cult movements. And, and I'll listen to reports and I'll read about these people that join these movements. And it's like, what are you, how, how? How did you get wrapped up in this? But it's because their heart and their mind are both deceived. And so when we, want, when we look and watch for false teachers, for people that are, that are spreading falsity, that's the third thing to look for. The second thing that we want to talk about, that's a, uh, the second trait, is that their motives are evil. Um. Paul talks about them raising money, making a living. He says, uh, in one translation, he says, shameful living. And watch this. You see people that get up here and they don't want to serve. They want to be served. Let me tell you something. I love this quote. If you can't hold a towel, you can't hold a title. And so something that we, we really try hard here at Community Church with our staff we, our staff want to be servants. They want to serve people. Because guess what Jesus did? He was a servant. And so we try really hard with that. But there are people out there that are false, these false teachers. And, and you might ask, why, you know, why, is, why is Pastor talking about this tonight? Because there's so many things that we hear. There's so many um, Avenues where we can listen to the word preached, where we can see uh, ministers doing their thing, and there's so many um, outlets of information. And I want us to be really aware of false teaching and of false teachers, okay? And so that's what brought me to this tonight. So, number two, their motives are evil. Number three, their behavior is disgraceful. And it's, it's interesting, Paul, he uses this, this reference, talking about Cretans are liars. He's referencing a poem that was supposedly written by a Cretan. And it's interesting because in the poem, he, the Cretan himself says Cretans are liars. So who do you believe? Do you believe him? What? He said he, he's a liar, but he says Cretans are liars. So I don't know if we should believe him, but Paul says they are. And he's, he's really coming down hard on this, on this people group because of disgraceful behavior. And Paul actually says that these people that are speaking these things, these people that are, uh, that are teaching falsities, that are breaking people apart, that are messing up families, he says they should be muzzled, that they should be quieted. So what do we do? What's the solution for modern-day Christians when we see things that are not, that don't really make sense, that don't really line up with what we know? Or maybe we have a check in our spirit. Maybe we feel, you know, God saying to us, hey, that's not, that's not really it. What do we do? We test what we hear, what we see. Always be prayed up. Always be in the Word. 
Ask yourself questions. Is its origin divine or human? Revelation or tradition? One thing that we, that we really work hard at at Community Church is not preaching tradition. I love the, the, the message that Pastor Din brought on Pentecost at the 75th anniversary celebration. Come on, that was so good because he talked about Pentecost. And, and there, there are so many people, are, there, there are a lot of faith movements that will teach you that Pentecost means changing things about yourself, means changing the way you dress or changing the way you, you, you do certain things, that you have to change about yourself to be accepted. Come on, that's not it. Jesus is changing yourself because you are accepted. And so Pentecost is about a life of power. The second thing to look at is, is its essence, the teaching that you're hearing or seeing, inward or outward? Is it spiritual or ritual? The third thing, is its result a transformed life or a formal creed? Do you see people that just recite what they heard at church or do you see people live out what they heard in church? Because I want to be that second person. I don't want, and I don't want you to do that. I don't want you going to work and be like, well, pastor says this. Because then somebody's going to come to me and go, hey, what'd you say? And I'll be like, I, I, calm down. And so we don't want to just... We don't want to just do that. We don't want to just soak up what we heard at church and then just, and then just say it. Oh, yeah, well, I heard at church, pastor said this thing. No, we want to live those things. We want to take them to heart, live them out. Teaching, listen to this, teaching that does not lead to maturity is false. Teaching that, that, Let's people just stay where they're at. That doesn't challenge people. Isn't the real deal. And it sounds like I'm being tough tonight. And maybe I am. You know, Paul's being tough in this text. But we've got to make sure that what we're listening to is the real deal. We've got to make sure that we read, that we study. We've got to make sure that we stay prayed up. And so what do we do? What do we do when we when we think that we have encountered false teaching? What do we do uh, before we listen to teaching and preaching? Number one, you commit yourself to prayer and study. If you want to know what's in the Word, you probably should read the Word. Amen? <laughs> if you want to hear God's voice, then you probably need to be praying and speaking to Him. Come on, somebody. And the second thing you need to do is find biblical foundations and stand on them. Just a few days ago, someone came into my office and at work, and they said, they said, hey, you posted something on Facebook about women being in ministry. I said, yeah, I did. What do you think about that? And he said, well, he said, I grew up in a, in a church that, that taught that that was wrong, but he said, I can't find in the Bible that says women can't preach. And I said, it's not in there. <laughs> and another person turned around, and they had a uh, complementarian view, and they said, wait a minute, it is in there. And I said, are you sure? They said, can you, I said, can you show me? They said, well, that's what, pa that's what my pastor said. They didn't have a biblical foundation. Get in this word. Get in this word and study it. The third thing, speak the truth in love. 
So when you encounter someone that's teaching something that's false, should you go up to them and be like, hey, dude, you're a liar. If you want to get punched in the face or maced, that's a great, that's a great way to do things. No, don't do that. You know, people, it's, it's funny. People get online and they have battles. They, they try to debate and everything. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. You can't convince somebody like that. You can't. Just pray for them, people. So speak the truth in love. So what do we do? What do we do? We get prayed up. You know why it's so important to stay prayed up? Because you may not have time to get prayed up. Can I be real with you? You may not have time when something starts going down. You may not have time to get down on your knees and have a 30-minute prayer session. You may only have time to say, Jesus. So you need to stay prayed up, and you need to stay studied up. Stay in the Word. Listen, make it a daily thing where you're in this Word, where you're putting it in your heart. And speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. What is the truth? Jesus is the truth. And so if we encounter someone, one thing that I think the Assemblies of God does a really great job with is not getting into silly theological and philosophical debates with other folks. I don't, I try not to do that. Now, if someone comes and asks me my opinion, I'll tell you my opinion. If somebody asks me what I've been, what I've been taught, what I've studied, I'll tell you. But speak the truth in love. You know what? Someone's teaching something that's not right. Is it our job to go after them and put them on blast and shut them down? Absolutely not. It's our job to love that person. It's our job to love that person, where they're at. Come on, we love souls, not situations. And if somebody's doing something wrong, you love them right where they're at, even though they're doing something wrong. Does that mean you go up to them and cancel them? Absolutely not. It means you love them. Speak the truth. You speak the truth. You seek the truth. And if someone else is not there, Love him. Pray for him. Let's see what happens. Give it to God. Give it to Jesus. Let him fight that battle. Amen. And so I just want to share that with you tonight about false teachers, false teaching. Um, <laughs> something happened the other day. I, I said something up here from the pulpit, and it, was, it wasn't exactly right. It was, it was close, though. Don't, don't get on to me yet. It was close. And Pastor Daphne was like, hey, are you sure that's what it says? And I was like, oh, no. I have to resign. And so <laughs> it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't even, it was something about a priest uh, having a rope tied around his ankle. But anyway, um, but I wanted to just share that with you tonight because we are faced with a lot of information. There is more information floating around now than there has ever been at any time in human history. And so you need to always check and you need to always seek the truth and seek what's right. Amen. Would you stand with me? I just want to pray a blessing over you, and uh, we're going we're gonna to leave this place. Uh, join up uh, with us Wednesday night. We're going to have small groups, have a lot of fun, and um, Community Church North Webster, we love you, and uh, God is doing some cool things in this house. Um, pray for your brothers and sisters that weren't here today. Some of them are traveling. Some of them are working.